It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this sixth day of April 2017. We're here today with our co-host, Jay Basser, and today we have uh, John Wells with the Blue Water Navy. He just went to the uh, committee hearings yesterday, the House committee hearings, I believe, and uh, he's going to give us an update on all this for the Blue Water Navy. Uh, John, how are you doing today? Hey, pretty good. Actually, Gerald, uh, uh, my, my organization is Military Veterans Advocacy. I've been kind of working independent but in coexistence with the Blue Water Navy for the last few years. Uh, yeah. But we were up there on, in Congress uh, before the Disability and Memorial Affairs Subcommittee of the House Veterans Affairs Committee yesterday, and uh, we spent a couple hours testifying. Uh, there was myself, uh, Rick Weidman from the uh, Vietnam Veterans of America, and we had some reps there from the Legion, uh, DAV, and the VFW there as well, and uh, uh, as well as uh, the director of compensation uh, for the VA, a lady by the name of Beth Murphy, who, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> uh, she, the only thing I can say was she may, you know, uh, she made it very easy to refute everything she said. I mean, my golly, you know, the only problem was time. You have so many lies, so little time. But, you know, I think uh, between Rick and I, we got all the uh, uh, the true facts out. And she, uh, uh, she was very pleasant to me until she found out my name. And then after that, she wasn't so pleasant. And then uh, uh, after the hearing and after my testimony, she stormed out, didn't talk with me, so. I don't think she likes me very much. Uh oh, look out! <laughs> yeah, they kind of carry a grudge, you know. Once well, you don't see eye to eye with them, they they get vengeful. I, I gotta tell you, you know that's the case. And uh, you know we've got a meeting coming up now with Secretary Shulkin on April 21st, and I'm hoping that he's going to give us a fair hearing. Uh, but uh, the hearing before the committee was was actually kind of interesting. It was quite kind of good. Uh, the the, uh, the VA came up and you know what this bill does, of course, it extends the presumption of Agent Orange exposure to the ships that were in the territorial seas. And the first thing they said is, "Oh no, nobody knows what the territorial sea is. That's confusing." Uh, when I got up there, I said, what do you mean that's confusing? It's set by a treaty, a treaty the United States ratified back in 1958. Once we ratify something, it becomes, you know, part of domestic law. There's statutes, there's regulations that all define the territorial seas. We recognize the Vietnamese territorial seas and the 54 Geneva Accords, the 73 Peace Treaty, uh, you know, and throughout the war. Uh, there's all kind of publications on it, and I said, but, you know, just to make it easy, and I'd attached to my written testimony a chart showing the territorial seas. I said, you know, Mr. Chairman, how about doing me a favor and just making this part of the legislative history so that the VA doesn't define the territorial seas as some lake in the middle of Hanoi? Yeah. 
Then they came uh, up and they said, it's, it was just ridiculous. They came up and said, well, the bill was effective in 1985, and we, we couldn't, you know, adjudicate all those back claims. I said, come on, guys. 1985 was the date of the Nehmer um, consent judgment where, you know, it, it says if a new d- disease is added, the VA has to go back and notify people, and that just brings us on a par on it. Actuality, 2002 was the day you stripped us of the of the rights, so you only have to go back that far. And and the newsflash is we make up a good part of the backlog now. So you know you'd be able to clear up part of your backlog once uh, uh, this adjudication was was done. And I said you know even some of the folks that have filed since 2002, most many of their claims have expired because they didn't appeal them. And unfortunately, uh, and if anybody can hear me and you did that, go reopen it. Uh, and uh, uh, the other thing is many of the veterans have died. Although if their spouses are still alive and they hear this, go reopen it and put in for defense and definitely compensation. So, you know, basically, I, I'd say we made them look like idiots, but that was, uh, we really can't take any credit for doing that. They did that themselves. Uh, it, it yeah. Was, uh, unbelievable. Then they attacked the Australian study. Said, "Oh, the U.S. procedures were different. We never made water within 12 miles of the coast." I said, "No, I'm familiar with that manual. That's not what it says. First off, it was a suggestion. Secondly, uh, you know, ships. And I was an engineer on a lot of those ships. Water was my business. Those ships made water, potable water, in the harbors when they had to, and they made it close to shore. And they just chlorinated the heck out of it." But, you know, it doesn't matter because they made water for the boilers, feed water for the boilers, and it's the same doggone system. So you contaminate the whole system down to the discharge manifold, doesn't, you know, just by making the feed water. And they had to do that in the harbors or they'd run uh, run the boilers dry. Nobody wanted that ha- to happen. So, you know, I mean, it was just stupid stuff like that. But, um, you know, we did get some good support. The problem is, and has always been, is it comes down to the cost. Um the Congressional Budget Office says this is going to cost $1.104 billion over 10 years. And uh, the chairman, uh, Congressman Mike Post out of uh, Illinois, said, okay, guys, where are we going to get the money? Now, we had some ideas that were shot down in the Senate last year. Uh, we wanted to increase the uh, uh, or put on a surcharge for foreign student visas of $100. And Senator Patrick Leahy of the state of Vermont, if Vermonters are listening, give him, give him some hell over this. He shot it down. He put the rights of foreign students above the rights of veterans. said, no, he didn't want the little snowflakes to have to pay that extra money. Uh, and, uh, you know, it would have given us enough money to pay for that bill. Um, you know, we looked at other issues. Senator Sanders shot us down on some. So, you know, it's... Uh, and the problem is, is under the Pay-as-you-go Act, we have to take money or save money out of get an offset out of mandatory spending. Well, I can't do that without taking benefits away from some other vet. So, you know, we could, like, uh, increase co-pays or we could do something like that, but nobody wants to do that. We shouldn't have to do that, okay? Uh, and the co-pay increase would be somewhat significant, I think. So what we're proposing, because, you know, the Blue Water Navy is the tip of the sphere. We've got Guam, that had Agent Orange, Korea, 
Panama, Okinawa, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia. I'm forgetting some places, but there's a lot of folks who are exposed to this Agent Orange throughout the country, throughout the world. Uh, then we have Camp Lejeune. Uh, you know, all those people that were exposed to the issues there, Fort McClellan. I mean, you want to talk about a toxic cocktail, Fort McClellan. You know, Gulf War, mustard gas. We still got about 80 World War II vets, okay, who were exposed as part of an experiment to mustard gas. And the VA opposes giving them any benefits. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Atomic veterans, burn pits, all of these people. Now, we have we figured that to compensate, do all the research and pay all the benefits for these people uh, is going to cost somewhere north of $20 billion over 10 years. Okay? So how are we going to pay for that? I mean, it's not just a matter of just paying for us. What about the other $19 billion or more that we have to spend? Uh, and, you know, they are all running into the same problem that we are. In fact, you know, the only thing we are is we're kind of, like I say, further advanced than a lot of them. So our proposal is to set up what we call a freedom fee. Now, there's um, $250 million tax returns filed in this country every year, okay? Uh, everybody from Burger Flipper to General Motors to uh, uh, the chairman of General Motors to, you know, Donald Trump, everybody, okay? Put a $10 fee on it, okay? Uh, you know, anybody in the deposit tax form can, uh, can afford 10 bucks, uh, and it'll generate $25 billion over 10 years. Now, some people would say, well, why can't you take it out of this, or why can't you take it out of that, or whatever, and the problem is, you know, we can theorize on all that. We can argue all that till the cows come home. But meantime, these people aren't getting their benefits. Uh, so, you know, 10 bucks isn't going to hurt anybody. In fact, uh, Tom Snee, who's the executive director of the Fleet Reserve Association, and good guy, okay? Uh, you know, if you ever get a chance to join the Fleet Reserve Association, look to doing it because, because it's a great organization. He was at the meeting, he, or at the hearing. He didn't testify, but after it was over, he uh, walked up to the ranking member, uh, Congresswoman Esty out of uh, Connecticut, and uh, uh, slapped $20 on the phone and said, here. She said, what the heck is that for? He says, well, that pays, uh, uh, that's to pay my freedom fee and John Wells' freedom fee. Here's 20 bucks. She <laughs> laughed and said, you know I can't take that. And he says, no, I don't. Yeah, but, but, but I want to make the point, you know, it's it's ten bucks was not a big deal. So, uh, and, and you know, we thought about exempting veterans, and we thought about exempting disabled veterans, and we thought about doing, you know, but, but we figured once we open the door to exemptions, uh, then everybody and their brother is going to have it. You know, they're going to want to put a, uh, um, you know, a, a means test on it, and if you don't make so much money you don't have to pay it and so on and so forth we decided now let's just flat 10 bucks we need that money anyhow uh to pay all these burn pits and uh, other agent orange and gulf war and radiation and god help us mustard gas so you know it's um uh, everybody across the board from you know warren buffett on down to uh to gerald to you okay have to pay it uh it's not going to break anybody uh, you know, is the only people to be exempt is people who make so little as they don't have to file a tax return. Um, now, uh, you know, Chairman Boast said, uh, well, gee, 
that's a new tax. And, yeah, it really is. I mean, we're calling it a fee, but it's it's a tax. Uh, well, it has to go to Ways and Means Committee. Well, we've talked to Ways and Means, and Ways and Means says, oh, you got to get the sponsor and this and that and so on. So we're trying to get an appointment with Ways and Means, and I've gotten a hold of Congressman both people, some of an email this afternoon saying, you know, the chairman wanted us to go talk to Ways and Means. We're willing to do it. Ways and Means they have to talk to us. And, uh, you know, I'm about ready to start pulling some strings to do that. But, you know, the point is, even after the Blue Water veterans are taken care of, uh, there's still hundreds of thousands of vets out there that have not been taken care of and need to be taken care of. And it was very interesting. Beth Murphy said, oh, I'm looking for ways to pay benefits. And, uh, you know, that was just complete balderdash. Uh, they might be looking for ways to pay themselves bonuses, but they're not and looking for ways to pay themselves benefits, uh, to do veteran benefits. Because otherwise, we wouldn't be sitting out here with all these folks, um, you know, that, 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 that aren't getting benefits. But here's, you know, this is the dirty little secret of the whole thing. I talked with the chairman afterwards and the ranking member uh, and said, you know, hey, every year, and anybody that's in the military knows this, anybody that's ever worked with the federal government knows this, every year they hold back around 10% uh, of appropriations, each agency does, to make sure there's no cost overruns. And sometimes there are. Usually there's not. Okay. So... Uh, and they also have it for emergencies in case something comes up, like all of a sudden they have to, you know, do major repairs to a, uh, a tower at an airport or, you know, build more tanks or something, whatever, for emergency. But um, middle of August, they come out and they start dumping money on, the, on these agencies and saying, okay, guys, spend it or lose it. And they just go out and waste it. You know, when I was in the military, I used to try to put together some big purchases that I knew I had to make and, and schedule those for the end of the year so I could take advantage of that money for a legitimate source. But, you know, people going out buying new computers to replace what they they bought last year, office furniture, um, you know, scheduling conferences, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and uh, it's all because they don't want to waste this money. Well, you're talking about a $4.5 trillion budget, Okay. Ten percent of that is four hundred and fifty billion dollars. That could balance the doggone budget, you know. And I, every time I bring that up to anybody in Congress, doesn't matter if they're Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, libertarian, doesn't matter. I always get this. Oh, yeah, oh, gee, you know, we got to do something about that. Mm-hmm, yeah, that's right. And, and to be fair to Congress, it's not their issue. They appropriate the money. The executive branch actually executes it. So, you know, it's uh, uh, it's something that the executive branch should do. But, you know, these guys don't know. I mean, you know, President Trump, he was a businessman. I don't think he's ever worked for the federal government. I'd be shocked if he knew that this went on. Uh, Secretary Shulkin, oh, he's, he's, he, he was private, you know, until he, uh, until he came to the government. Maybe he's heard about it. Uh, he will hear about it on April 21st. Uh, but, you know, a lot of these people just don't know. I mean, you know, you go down the list. Uh, there's not too many of them that ever, uh, too many of the cabinet secretaries that ever served in, uh, uh, in the military or were, or at any, you know, high rank, relatively high rank, uh, and is really aware of this. 
But that's where the well, money is. You know, yeah, it wouldn't just, hurt to keep bringing it to their attention. I couldn't no, get a, I a, a mail-in deal set up for all the veterans, uh, uh, ask all the veterans to uh, uh, send letters to the legislators. I mean, I couldn't say, think of a better way of getting the funds. Because it's not only the Blue Water Navy sitting out here and, uh, uh, you know, uh, trying to get things accomplished and they're, they're laying the blame on lack of funds. There's other other uh, issues, too, and uh, this could take care of a whole lot of issues. Very good. I can say, you know, uh, but, you know, realistically, it's going to take a long time to to change that budgeting practice. Um, that's why we've come up with the Feed and Free. We we need the money now, okay? And yeah, we shouldn't have to make veterans pay ten bucks a year. But by golly, I'd rather pay my ten bucks and see some of these people covered. And ten bucks a year can generate twenty five billion dollars over ten years. That should take care of everybody. And uh, that's what I'm going to be trying to sell uh, when I go back up to Congress again the end of this month and, and first part of May. Of course, you may hear that I got hauled off by the Capitol Police in handcuffs <laughs> and never be seen again. I don't know. Or, uh, uh, probably, <laughs> probably more likely one of the snipers at the VA will get me on the way to the, uh, the Secretary <laughs> of you know. They keep telling me that. They keep telling me there's no snipers, and maybe there's not, but, you know, I usually send somebody ahead, you know, just to be sure. Uh, it's, uh, But, you know, there, there is a lot going on. Uh, we introduced uh, concurrent resolutions yesterday, which will actually, and these are non-binding resolutions that don't cost anything, which will actually say that the uh, original intent of uh, the Agent Orange Act of 1991 was to cover the bays, the harbors, and the territorial seas. Now, Senator Grassley from Ohio introduced that in the Senate, and he was uh, act, uh, he supported the original Agent Orange Act. He was in the House then. Uh, of course, that far back, we don't have too many people around. I'm trying to say Senator Grassley's old if he's listening. Senator, not don't know if I'm there. But uh, he was around, and he did put out in his press release that, you know, he supported the original act, and it was the intent of Congress uh, when they passed that bill to uh, uh, cover the people in the territorial seas and the bays and the harbors. And I'm going to raise that issue now. Uh, probably, uh, it's, let's see, it's House Concurrent Resolution. Um, I'll get that. I'll get the numbers in just a second. Uh but, you know, we could use all your listeners to call their congressmen and senators and try to get that thing passed. Because, you know, it would be nice to have that thing in my pocket going up to uh, 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 to see Secretary Shulkin, you know, and say, you know, you people say you're not sure what the original intent of Congress is. Well, guess what? We know what the original intent of Congress is, and here it is. Uh, and so if anybody, you know, has an opportunity to do that, it's Senate Concurrent Resolution 12 and House Concurrent Resolution 45. I'll repeat that. Senate Concurrent Resolution 12, House Concurrent Resolution 45. Um, and please call your local member of Congress and your two senators 
and ask them to uh, to get on that that those resolutions. It costs doesn't cost a thing. It's uh, just a sense of Congress resolution, but it sure could strengthen our hand as we go on and uh, and go forward on this. The other thing is we have a uh, court case that we had filed a while back seeking judicial review of the VA's exclusion of uh, bays and harbors uh, from their uh, presumption. And we have oral argument on that coming up on the 5th of May. So, um, you know, we will be trying to convince the court to go tell the VA, you know, we don't care what your goofy policy is. You know, it's it's irrational to not cover these veterans, so go cover them. Now, that's, uh, you know, always hard to convince a court to do that, but I think we've got a lot of evidence. And hey, folks, that reminds me. You got we've got uh, this meeting with Shulkin, Secretary Shulkin, coming up on April 21st. Write down this number. It's 202-456-1111. That's 202-456-1111. That's the White House comment line. Okay, call and leave a message for President Trump. And please do, you know, before the 21st day, Paul's saying, hey, you know, uh, get a hold of uh, your VA secretary there and tell him, you know, to support granting the presumption to the Blue Water Navy veterans. That, again, is area code 202-456-1111. You know, and the problem is, you know, President Trump, he's he's new on the job. He's still trying to figure out what's going on. He wants to help veterans. Chances are good he knows nothing about this this situation. Okay, uh, it was raised to a couple of people on his transition team, but whether or not, uh, and actually not just his transition team, uh, uh, you know, folks met with both the uh, uh, Trump and the Clinton transition team, but but it was raised as in a pile, whole pile of other issues. So you know, help us highlight that. Call him at two zero two four five six one one. One one, okay, and just leave a comment. Ask them to support. Ask uh, to tell the VA secretary to support the uh, 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 the Blue Water Navy veterans. Um, the other thing, again, you know, if you will call your congressman and senators, let me repeat those uh, um, bill numbers. It's um, there's I can do that. It's Senate Concurrent Resolution Twelve. House Concurrent Resolution 45. House Concurrent Resolution 45, Senate Concurrent Resolution Resolution 12. Please call your congressmen and senators and ask them to support that. Uh, so that's kind of where we're at on the Blue Water Navy. Um, and, you know, you got to remember, Gerald, I'm a lawyer, so I talk a lot. So uh, yeah. I've been going for about 23 minutes, and I think uh, you've gotten about seven or eight words in, and I've been blabbing the rest of the time. So uh, let me take a sip of, sip of my coffee here. And uh, uh, if you got any questions on the blue water before we move on to another topic? Well, but, uh, okay, did you get a chance to talk about the claims process other than the blue water Navy? Uh, uh, you Glad you asked. Uh, what a sorry shape the claims process is. 
and the pill. You know, glad you. Gosh, <laughs> glad you asked, Gerald. You know, uh, the uh, sure I did. Um, I didn't talk too much about the individual claims process because, uh, you know, we were kind of cramped on time, but we did talk about the appeals. I was very uh, perturbed. In fact, I'm writing a letter to the chairman, and as soon as I clean it up and have my wife look at it to tone it down, I'm going to send it to him. Uh, there was supposed to have been a what they call a roundtable with members of Congress and veterans organizations on the appeals process, and we were supposed to get an invitation. We were promised an invitation, okay? We didn't get an invitation. Now, we had people there uh, that supported us, but the problem is they're doing what they tried to do last year, and this is a VA writ bill that basically would strip the duty to assist uh, after the uh, original decision, okay? Oh, no. And require, yeah, and require the veteran to designate in the notice of appeal every um, every factual and legal issue which they intended to raise and, and will dismiss any issues which are not. It also requires the veteran to indicate whether they have a, one in a, uh, a hearing or are going to submit additional evidence and so on and so forth. Bunch of baloney. Now, and I told, I met with the staff director for the House Veterans Affairs Committee uh, and, uh, you know, I, I said, I don't care who's supporting it. And I, and I will tell you who's supporting it, the DAV, the American Legion, and the VFW are supporting it. Uh, uh, VVA, um, NVLSB, and uh, uh, the uh, National Organization of Veterans Advocates, uh, the Federal Bar Association have, like me, have significant reservations about that bill. Uh, well, that's staff director, but they, well, that's, but yeah, the Legion and the VFW and DAV are support. So, go figure. Uh, the uh, and I fought this issue with the Legion. They they keep saying, oh, this is what we need. You know, this will streamline the process. The only thing it will do is make it easier for the VA to uh, deny appeals. That's all it's designed to do. Okay. Uh, so the staff director for the House Veterans Committee, I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want people calling him up and harassing him. He's really a good guy. Okay. Uh, and, you know, he's helped us on a lot of things. Um, he's, he tells me that he thinks there's a lot of support for it. The problem is what they call uh, appellate reform, and it's a buzzword, okay? How can you be against appellate reform? Well, because it's not really appellate reform. It's a bunch of garbage. Uh, And, uh, you know, but unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of people uh, in Congress that they just read the summary of it, and they say, oh, appellate reform. Yeah, oh, this will speed the process. Oh, that's good, okay? And uh, it's not good. And it doesn't address any of the systemic problems. You know, is there a mail no, number? Oh, there sure mail? is. Just getting ready to give it to you. Oh, uh, the, Senate bill, the Senate bill is S712. And it's, a, uh, uh, it's put in by um, uh, Senator Blumenthal. In the House, it's H.R. 457. <laughs> By Congresswoman Titus, okay, uh, out of Nevada. Four five seven. Four five seven in the House and S seven one two in the Senate. Okay, 
Here's the thing. Um, it's not going to solve the problem. All right. Every other federal adjudication system has electronic filing. The, 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 the VA does not. Everything goes stubby pencil. It gets sent to uh, Janesville where they scan it, sometimes into the right file. Not always. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, I get stuff for people that are not my clients. I should start filing privacy suits on their behalf. Yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, I'll probably make a living doing that. Uh, it's. Um, so there's no electronic filing. There's no back and forth. There's no scheduling order, uh, which everybody else does. Okay. The people at the Board of Veterans' Appeals are not certified as administrative law judges. They call themselves veterans' law judges. That's a self-made title. They're not veterans' law judges. There's nothing in the statute that makes them veterans' law judges. They made that name up, okay? They don't like me pointing that out to them. Uh, but uh, you know, the statute calls them board members. We need to make them administrative law judges. And here's the other thing. 70% of the cases that go out of the board up to the court are remanded back, okay? Yeah. If you're looking at 70% of your cases getting kicked back, uh, you don't have any business adjudicating cases. So, you know, but there's no sanctions. They don't care. Uh, you know, the, uh, the secretary is supposed to recertify these folks once a year. They don't do it. Or, I'm sorry, they do do it. But they don't re- decertify it. They just rubber stamp it. It's unbelievable. Uh, these guys are so incompetent. And then, like I say, you know, everybody else has a scheduling conference where everybody gets together on the phone. They planned all the dates, and then if you have to change the dates, you file electronically, you file a motion, send an email to the to the judge, whatever, okay? Here, I'll be sitting and get a letter saying, um, you have 90 days or until we make a decision to uh, submit additional evidence. What in the heck does that mean? I don't know. Nobody else does either. Uh, I had a case uh, where they ruled against me after about a week after I got that letter. Uh, I did get a hold of the person that was the acting chair of the Board of Veterans' Appeals and read her the riot act at a Senate um, uh, Senate VA hearing. I just happened to be up there for it. Uh, and, you know, it's we got that case taken care of, but, you know, how many times does that happen? I just got a case sent back by the court, okay? We won the case. The court went back and told the BVA to redo it, Okay. It went back to the BVA. They paid my fees, okay, at the court because we won. And guess what? They dropped me off, sent me nothing. They sent it to the VFW or whatever. And finally, my client called and said, you get these letters, and you're not copied on them. So I called and said, okay, well, we don't have anything to show that you were the attorney. I said, you freaking paid me money, Uh, you know, because I was the attorney and because we won. So I wound up having to get another form signed, uh, send in. I still haven't heard anything about it. I mean, it's just freaking ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, I, I mean, what can I say? I mean, these guys have messed up a one-car funeral. Uh, it's, uh, uh, but that's all they want. They want to just be able to sit there and disapprove, deny, 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 deny. And because they know most people won't appeal to the court. But of the ones that do, 70% of them are kicked back because, uh, uh, of a bad decision. Hearing dates. I just, my client got a notice of a hearing date. I'm probably not going to be able to make it that day. Okay. Good. And on every time I submit my forms and so on and so forth, I say, please coordinate all 
states with this office. Occasionally they will. Generally they don't. Okay. And so now I've got to write a letter saying, hey, I need a continuance. I can't do it this day. All right. Maybe I'll get a response. Maybe I won't. Okay. Because, again, nobody's gotten together and held a scheduling conference. Okay. Now, I'm not here to say that all the other federal adjudication systems work beautifully because they have their problems. But on a scale of 1 to 10, the other federal adjudication systems are sitting at about a 12, and uh, the VA is about a negative 77, okay? Everybody else does electronic filing. Everybody else has scheduling conferences, scheduling orders. Everything is, uh, you know, set up. It's... It, it's just unbelievable. And Noah, administra- I can't even make a complaint against one of the so-called veterans law judges. Okay, if I've got an administrative law judge at a Merit Systems Protection Board hearing or an EEOC hearing or Social Security, uh, and I don't think that they're fair, I can file a motion to recuse. I don't even know who this board member is until I show up with somebody saying, I've got challenge now. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I've got no basis, no time to ask for to move to, to recuse them. Okay, and quite frankly, I'm singularly unimpressed with the people at the Board of Veterans Appeals. And if any of them are listening, they know already how I feel. So I'm not uh, uh, saying anything different. But yeah, well, there's uh, not that on, many the of horn. them, uh, John. There's oh, not that many of them, is there? Oh, yeah, I think it's about 60, if I remember right. I'd have to look up the number again. 60 of them, uh, and they've been in there yeah. for 100 years each. So they're Probably. all pretty good buddies and have their barbecue and, all, and beer drinking deals And they've all week. grown up through the VA, okay? Yeah. You know, they don't they don't hire anybody from outside. See, my thought process hit the, uh, uh, the appeal backlog. Let's get... Um, Retired military judges, bring them back on either on active duty or bring them up as contract employees, okay? And, uh, uh, you know, send them to the John Marshall Law three-day course on veterans law, okay? Set them up at the regional office, uh, give them some office space, allow them to adjudicate all the backlog claims within 100 miles, all right? Probably cost, we estimate about $26 million over you know, for over a, a year, for two years to do that. And we figure in 24 months, they'll have that backlog done. These guys know how to be judges. They know how to make decisions. They know how to research. They know how to do the things that uh, uh, need to be done rather than the well, other people. Well, they know the law. grow up through the Board of Veterans. Yeah. And they actually, unlike most of these people, they know the military. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. I mean, I can't. One of these guys, um, you know, my client said he went ashore in Vietnam, okay? And they said, well, there's nothing in the deck log to show that. That's because they don't put all that information in a deck log. If they put anybody that went ashore in the deck log uh, and everybody when they came back in, it would be a 72-page deck log. And I can see you doing that when you're sitting there at anchor in time of war, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, and it's just stupid, and they don't know. Oh, shouldn't have been in the de- no, shouldn't have been in the deck log. I finally had to give them the uh, the uh, directive that showed you didn't put it in the deck log. But it's this kind of stupidity that you have to deal with. Um, it's just so. Yeah, please, anybody listening, contact your congressman. 
uh, tell him, you know, please support him or her. Please support that House uh, Concurrent Resolution 45, but do not support H.R. 457. Do not support H.R. 457. Do not support uh, S. 712 in the Senate. Do not support S. 712 in the Senate, but do support um, uh, the, uh, 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 the the Senate Concurrent Resolution 12. So, sorry, folks. I'm giving you a lot of numbers here, and then don't don't forget to call the president's comment line at 202 456 You know, Gerald, I'm sorry. I guess we should should have warned these people to get pen and paper paper ahead. So. <laughs> well, I mean, we might be able to get this posted on several of these websites, uh, like uh, Had It, of course, but we need to get this posted there. Also, we can post it on uh, uh, several others. My land, there's uh, Alex has got one, uh, Alex Graham, and... Uh, you know, everybody has got a website with a bog on it. We need to get this data put on there. Okay. Well, I'm, you know, I appreciate any help you can give me. Uh, you know, we're trying to get get these get these guys taken care of. Um, trying to get them taken care of, and you know, the VA has a different version of taking care of people. I'm afraid. Now, you know, and I'm not to say that everything is bad. One of the two things that I have noticed, okay, is there seems to be um, some positive movement in healthcare systems, okay? Now, the, the VA, I understand, is going to a new computerized record system called MASS, which I, I guess is a pretty good system. I, I don't know that much about it. The industry uh, standard is called EPIC. I think they'd be better off going to EPIC. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's better than it's better than what, it, better than what we're doing right now. You know? So uh, uh, the other thing is, and they did just open up this new hospital down here in uh, New Orleans, okay? Uh, and recently all the clinics have gone to the new hospital from the old one that was kind of Katrina Ravage. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I, I have yet to find a rude employee over at that new hospital. Now, I'm, not, I'm not saying they're not there. They're probably a few. But, uh, you know, the new director down there has taken some customer service as a, uh, as a challenge, and he's worked on these folks. And, you know, I mean, you walk in, and instead of, oh, yeah, you, what, what's your name again? You know, it's, good morning, sir. Can I help you? Welcome yeah. to the VA clinic. You know? Oh, that, and, that sounds uh, different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, usually it's, yeah, you know, last name and last four. It's, uh, yeah. so can I have, you know? Uh, I mean, it's all, my golly. Um, I sent him an email and said, you know, I don't know what you're doing up there, but you're doing something right. So, uh, and the other thing they are doing is they're starting to come out and do more um, town halls where they actually come out and get the veterans community. I don't know if they're doing that in the rest of the country or not, but it's uh, it's very effective on getting getting the veterans on board. So 
you know. And, and I'll say this for the director, a guy by the name of Fernando uh, Rivera. Uh, he gave me his email. He gave me a cell phone number. If I text him or I email him, I get a response, and I get a response fast. And he's uh, and, and his responses have always been helpful. So, um, Okay, well, now I've been going for uh, 40 minutes, and I think I gave you 12 words, uh, Daryl. So you got any questions? Well, uh I'll have to ponder on that. Uh, <clears throat> now, what do you? What was your impression here? Of course, we all know anybody's dealt with the claim system knows the disaster you run into when you do hit the appeals. Yep. What? Yep. Uh, what? Golly, I hate to hear that bill seven months. One, two, and uh, four, five, seven. I hate to hear about that. Well, uh, it passed the House last year. It did and pass the House. Okay. It did pass well, the maybe House last I, year. I forgot about it. <laughs> we stopped it. Well, we stopped it in the Senate. Okay. Okay. So, you know, that's what, uh, and the uh, general counsel. Uh, for the majority side of the House, of the Senate Desk Committee, is one of the sharpest people I've ever met. Uh, uh, I mean, she's a real sharp lady, and she has significant concerns. And uh, in fact, she just sent me an, uh, a GAO report on the appeals process, and she will, uh, she's a big ally. And you know, we're going to try we're going to try and stop it both in the House and the Senate, but. Um, you know, well, uh, I think we can do that. I, think I can we've got say a hundred percent of my remands are due to the VA not doing their job. Yep, that's part of the course. A hundred percent of them uh, are due to the VA not doing their job properly. Now, I do have one joint remand that Doug Ryskinski put in and and got, but uh, actually, that's the only one that uh, uh, all the rest of them, I've had a lot of remands, and uh, they're all due to the VA not doing their job. Yep. So a bill like this, would kill something like that. Well, when uh, you get to end the, you know, how in the world are you going to, if if they not required to have that duty to assist, that would that'd put a lot of veterans out to pasture real quick. Yeah. No, well, I they, agree. I mean, we've got to do something with it, man. Uh, but, you know, we're still going to fight the issue. Uh, we're not alone in the fight. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, any of you guys out there that are in, uh, guys and gals that are Legion members or members of BFW or DAV, um, you know, you need to get a hold of, uh, 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 your reps there, your, your commanders and your district commanders and your state commanders and say, we better take a hard look at this. Because uh, the, the, those two bills are not going to be good for veterans. 
Yeah, that's disaster. That's a disaster. That was to happen. Uh, hmm. That would well, wipe out here about. That would wipe out about ninety-five percent of the claims or more. Probably. Real and quick. Sure get rid of the backlog. <laughs> you know. And by the way, uh, can I give a quick commercial? Uh, yeah, oh, go right uh, We military, military Veterans Advocacy is a uh, 501c3 tax-exempt organization, and uh, any contributions which you make are tax-deductible. Uh, you know, if you go to our website, www.militaryveteransadvocacy.org, okay, you can actually uh, make a donation there. Uh, we do take Visa, MasterCard, Discover. Uh, and, uh, you know, your money helps us to continue to do our work. Now, I, uh, we put our um, financial statements online. You can see those at the uh, uh, also at the website. Uh, just go down to About and look down there, and you'll see the financial statements. Uh, roughly last year we had about, I think we spent around 20000 21000 something like that, uh, uh, we we got we get some money ca- combined federal campaign, and so if any of your federal employees out there, uh, please consider signing up for us. Uh, our CFC number is five nine nine zero five. One more number for y'all, five nine nine zero five. And uh, CFC uh, is a big supporter. We also participate in Amazon Smile where they will give a percentage of uh, money spent through Smile to our organization. Uh, if you go on to Amazon Smile, it costs you no more. I mean, this is not any more uh, than if you go regular Amazon. But if you go on through Amazon Smile, look for military veterans uh, advocacy. It's uh, The advocacy is misspelled. We did that intentionally uh, to make sure that we didn't, weren't in uh, uh, competition with any other advocacies. Uh, and you can sign up so that uh, I think it's point zero one percent of uh, uh, their gross come, would, will come to us, uh, and you know, I mean, it's not a lot of money we get from there, but we do get some. A lot of money is from contributions by individuals. Um, you know, we have people who give us twenty-five, fifty, a hundred dollars, sometimes more, uh, and we certainly appreciate that. Uh, personally, I put my money where my mouth is. Okay, and I was. Uh, and I'll tell you, I, I think I contributed about fifty-seven hundred dollars last year in that area, pretty close to six thousand. Uh, you know, so I mean, I'm not, I'm not making money on this. None of us draw a salary. Okay, the only thing that we do like to do is get our expenses paid for. And unfortunately, in Washington D.C., um, hotels are a little expensive. And I, I was up there for two weeks in February, and I got into a place which is. A little bit, a bit above a flea bag. It was fifty-six bucks a night. That's unusual. Going to the same flea, a uh, little bit above the flea bag, uh, uh, at the end of April, and I think it's one hundred and fifty. So, you know, it's supposed <laughs> to show it just depends on time of the year. But I got to tell you, you know, those park benches get hard and they get cold, and uh, so, you know, anything that you can do to help, we appreciate. I fly Southwest. You know, where every seat is first class, and where you're all parked. You know, uh, packed in like uh, sardines, but they get you there on time. They get you there safe, and, you know, you don't have to pay an arm and a leg to do it. Uh, we try to take care of uh, of the money. We also, you know, have a education program where we do spend money. We, we enhance 
uh, and we use boosts on Facebook to get, let people know some of the things that are going on within the VA and in the military and the veterans community. So, uh, again, it's www.militaryveteransadvocacy.org. Uh, you know, and if you go to the donate button, anything you want to give is uh, is helpful. If you want to do $25, that's great. If you want to do $50, that's better. If you want to do $100, that's even more better. And, uh, you know, uh, don't think that, that those are the high limits. You can always go low. I mean, I know somebody like Gerald, you probably throw $1,000 bills around anyhow. So, oh, you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know at the end of the year, you put uh, all the leftover money over into the Blue Water Navy fund so yeah. we can get all them taken care of. The end of the year is, is when I wind up putting a bunch of my own money in, so we don't have any oh. money left over. <laughs> but that's you know, a lot of what we do up there is is for the Blue Water Navy. Uh, so again, you know, I, the only thing I take is you know reimbursements for hotel, airlines, um, dinners, food, breakfasts, uh, and uh, 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 metro fees. Um, Uber, taxi, you know that sort of thing. So, uh, and that's all laid out in the web, in, in the financial statements that are on the website. Uh, so, you know, anything that you can help us with, www.militaryveteransadvocacy.org, and go to the donate button. We do take Visa, Mastercard, Discover. There's also an address on on there if you prefer to sign a check. Um, okay, and uh, a commercial. <laughs> Sorry about that, but you know, we got to try. Well, that's good. You're. You got a lot in there, uh, which is good, good. So actually, this trip here that you made to Washington, it it, it was not all for naught. I mean, you did get a lot, lot learnt and uh, uh, helped set your directions and uh, you know your your path in a certain direction here that you're trying to head. And I'm certainly glad you brought this up on the uh, duty to assist because that's something that veterans can't lose. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, they still have it at the regional. They still have it at the regional office level. They wouldn't have it at the Board of Veterans Appeals at all. Well, they that's, made it up there, too. That's, you know. That's it. Uh, but uh, and then the Blue Water Navy, your your method of securing the funds. Uh, I don't know how well that's going to be received. Uh, a ten dollar tax on everybody that files their taxes might not be too well received. That's uh, something there. Uh, you no, know, actually, some of the conservative it, it, folks. Yeah. One of one of one of the things we did was say that you had, uh, in order to divert money, it would take a presidential finding of necessity and a two-thirds vote of both houses of Congress. And you know, a lot of the conservative folks like the idea of having a dedicated a dedicated tax because I don't think you get two-thirds Congress to agree on anything. You know, I mean, maybe if we get an invasion from out of space, they would. But other than that, I just don't see it happening. Uh, so you know. And like Congressman Bose said, it's an idea. It's a place to start. And that's, I think, what we have to do is, 
get some ideas and try to do try to get it done. Uh, but I don't know. Ten bucks is only ten bucks. Well, ten bucks is only ten bucks. You're right. Uh, if they would use it for what they say they will, that's the problem we have. Uh, that's why. That's why we have to be dedicated. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, so would so scaredy, and <laughs> look at it. Uh, yeah, that's true too. But that's why we would build it into the uh, uh, into the program that they would have to only use it with unless they got two thirds of the vote of Congress and presidential findings. So that ain't and that ain't never going to happen. Uh, you won't get two thirds of Congress to agree on anything, not in this environment. Well, it appears so. They couldn't even get six, 60 votes for, or 61 votes for the uh, judge there. <laughs> so they did go nuclear today and get that taken care of, which I didn't really want to see that happen, but it did. Yeah, I didn't want to see it either. But, but uh, what do you do? Anyway, so I gotta say this: I think Gorsuch is a pretty good judge, though. Um, uh, but then, was—I I mean, I've listened to a lot of them uh, hearings he was at. And my land, that guy's on top of things. Uh, yeah. He, and I think he's I a, a fair guy. I mean, he's a square shooter. If I, I didn't want it. I didn't have a lot of problem with him. I didn't have a lot of problem with Merrick Garland, for that matter. But I think you can't have somebody like Garland, who's kind of middle of the road, a little left to center. You can't have him replacing um, somebody like Anton Scalia. Now, if they yeah. want him to replace Ginsburg or Breyer or you know one of those two, uh, or even Kennedy, I probably wouldn't have too much of a hassle for that. In fact, you know, if I was the president um, next time around, if it's for Ginsburg or Breyer's slot, I, I would nominate him just 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 <laughs> out of sheer horniness, you know. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's a mess. I mean, you know, this whole country is so polarized. It's uh, it, yeah, it, it's just unbelievable. And every you know, nobody listens to facts anymore. They listen to sound bites. And it's just unfortunate. Well, the news media is ruining it. I, think. I don't disagree. Uh, and people can't get to the facts. It's so distorted. <laughs> you got to do a lot of research to up on things. Uh, individual research, you know. I mean, you're not going to get much out of the news media. But anyway, it sounds like you're on on a pretty good path here with the Blue Water Navy. Um, how well was that received? I mean, you know, what was the reception of that on that? Uh... I think everybody on the committee agrees with what we're doing, okay? The only issue is the cost. We've got to find that offset somehow. Well, taxes certainly is one avenue, raising or designated tax. Uh, 
And but the fun should be there. You know what, John? The fun oh, should be be there. This this shouldn't be one of the issues, the buns. Uh, whether it's right that. or wrong. I mean, if it's right, the fun should be there. And I, I, uh, I agree with you. You shouldn't have but to we, dig, dig out the funds. Uh, I, uh, I agree with you. I know uh, me and uh, John Rossi, I've spoken to him a lot about this over the years. And, and uh, I just find it hard to, I, I just don't understand that why you have to dig up your own <laughs> revenue. Uh, pull oh, it out of somewhere else, out blue sky, I guess, or uh, generate a new tax. You don't have too many options. Well, I got to agree with you, but here, here was the problem, okay? In 2009 and 2010, we were running deficits over a trillion dollars, okay? And that, I mean, I think they were pretty close to a trillion and a half. And uh, when the PAYGO Act, was enacted in 2010, you know, it was to bring that to a screeching halt. And quite frankly, it, it, it did. I mean, the deficit right now, I think, is running around $400 billion. I mean, it's still too much, but, you know, at least uh, uh, they've got it way uh, much more under control. So I think that it did its job. Uh, the issue is... Uh, is it time to relax it some ways? And and frankly, I think, you know, um, veterans benefits, Social Security are two ways to do that. But, you know, this goes back, this whole problem goes back to 1966. We had uh, a number of uh, trust funds set up. We had it for federal unemployment tax. We had Social Security. Uh, you know, all kinds of things. And the decision was made, uh, right or wrong, that they were going to pay for the, the Vietnam War um, and all the uh, uh, domestic programs uh, by raiding all these trust funds. So what used to be mandated was no longer mandated. That's you know, self-security was self-supporting, but uh, at some point it wouldn't be so, so, uh, self-supporting, and I think everybody knew that. So the idea was let that trust fund build up. So as the population got older, you know, the trust fund could do it. Well, they, well, they didn't have money left in the trust fund. They took it all for uh, for the programs. And now we have to take it and pay it out of the federal budget. I mean, the entitlements right now are two-thirds of the doggone federal budget. And discretionary spending is is not that much. All right, we can't go back and change history. Uh, I do realize that. Um, but we need to take a, a look at what we're doing going forward. I think that um, veterans, should, uh, veterans benefits and Social Security should not be included under the Pay-As-You-Go Act. Uh, but if we're going to remain, then any funds generated by any revenue generated by uh, uh, a fee or a tax 
needs to be dedicated and dedicated to the point where it can't be moved. Because I'm the first one to agree with you and say we shouldn't have to do this. But unfortunately, we have to deal with the reality of the situation. And we have to deal with things the way they are, not the way we want them to be. And the reality of the situation is we are under PACO, and we have to find the offset uh, one way or another. So, uh, <laughs> Doing the best I can, oh. man. <laughs> John, I hate to say this, but we're, we're totally out of time. And uh, my lands, I think, was just starting to get warmed up here. Uh, I think so. But, but uh, anyway, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get you back on because I'd like to stay updated on this, how how this uh, uh, this legislation there, or if they put it together and get it going, I'd like to stay up to date on it, see how it does. And okay, uh, something after yeah. I meet with Shulkin and after we have a real argument on that court decision. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Why but, let you talk next time? Well, you did just fine. Uh, you talked me plenty, so I mean, I talked uh, enough. They wanted to hear you, not me. <laughs> All right, my friend. Okay, uh, John. We'll talk to you later, and uh, have a good one. Thanks a lot, and you ladies too. and gentlemen, we appreciate you tuning in, listening to us. If you have any questions or comment, please please let us know. This will be Gerald Cook with Jay Basser and John Wells. will be signing off for now. Goodbye, You've been listening to the Haddock.com blog talk radio show, sponsored by Haddock.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Haddock.com or blog talk radio.